Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. How are you? Doing fantastic, Derek. And uh, we're a daily podcast. And, you know, a lot of a lot of fans get their information from us Monday through Friday, sometimes Monday through Sunday, depending on what's going on. But when it comes to Kentucky fandom and it comes to to being a Kentucky fan or following this program, there's a name. Everyone knows John Calipari. Everyone knows Mark Stoops, Mitch Barnhart. But there's another name that everyone knows, Derek. And, and I think, honestly, if you ask them to rank who their favorite person is in, the, in their fandom, I think Tom Leach would be near the top. I know he was for me. And there's just something about Tom's calls still to this day just covering the program, not as a fan, I go back and listen to those highlight tapes at the end of the games because I want to know what he did and what how he brought those moments to life. The reason we're talking about Tom is because Tom is going to join us on this episode of Kentucky Daily, one that I think it's going to rank up there, Derek, as one of our favorite episodes we've ever put together. Oh, yeah. This is as excited as I've been, probably the most excited for a guest to come on. Um, you know, for people our age, maybe a little older, Tom, you know, Tom started – calling Kentucky football games in, uh, in 1997 basketball a few years later he's not been doing it quite as long um, as the play-by-play guy so some people who listen to this you guys are probably old enough to remember Kaywood um, I don't uh, so for Tom you know my whole life and he I started listening to Kentucky football or paying attention to Kentucky football when I was a kid it was through Tom's calls and uh, you know we talked about that a little bit on this show but being the voice of a team, I mean, what a what a bond that is, and you know how your calls live through history. I mean, I can still, and he talks about it on the show. But when Kentucky beat LSU in two thousand and seven, you know, talking about Big Blue Madness being on the football field right after, you know, the night after Billy Gillespie's debut uh, at Big Blue Madness, you know, tying that in. Had other calls through the years, the Louisville game with Stevie Johnson when they beat Tennessee when that streak ended. Uh, Florida, I mean, a lot of calls through the years. And then some on the basketball side too. Um, certainly but man what a what a great honor it was to have tom join us for a couple minutes on this show um you know if you would have told me 15 years ago that one day i'd be talking to tom leach on a a podcast on our podcast i mean it would be it would just be awesome and that's how much i thought of tom uh back then so really really thrilled to have him on the show today he's a he's a legend and, I mean, you're going to hear that throughout this episode, uh, a legendary broadcaster making legendary calls across a legendary career, Derek. And just the calls that stand out, you know, the the win at Florida, the the win against LSU, the national championship game. I mean, there, there's so many. To me, Tom has that that talent that there, he can make those mediocre Kentucky games, those ones that – fans get frustrated through the 10 to seven scores against Vanderbilt or something like that. There's always that legendary call though, that he made, he brings those plays to life. And I just remember as a kid growing up, we, we talk about when games were on tape delay and they weren't on TV. If you weren't at the stadium, you were listening to Tom. There was no way that you were just waiting until the tape delay. You were well, listening to Tom Leach. If you were in the stadium, you might be listening to Tom Leach. I can remember, I'm sure people still do that now. I, I think Mark's story in the press box listens to uh, Tom's calls on the radio. I mean, you got people, I can remember, I, I'm not sat in the stands in a long time at a Kentucky football game. It's been a number of years. Just been in the press box all that time. But I can remember people having their headsets on 
listening to the game. So even though they're right there, they're seeing everything. They they still wanted to hear Tom's call. We had a guy in my section as a kid. We were in 142, and you bring that up, and there was a guy that sat right in front of us, an older guy, and he would tell us everything that was going on because Tom knew it. Like, if there was an injury, did Gabriel on the sideline reporting something, Tom would would tell it, and this guy would kind of relay it to the three or four rows right there in the section. And that's that's fandom, right? That's football. That's And more so to me, it's football because those season ticket holders, you have more of them at football, Derek, and, and Tom's a part of it. And when you think about this thing, you, you go to these games for – everybody's a season ticket holder on here. You, you have those groups that you've been with probably for 10 years that you watch these games with, or you you listen to Tom Leach, and uh, that, that's Kentucky fandom in itself, and Tom Leach represents and all of that. Yeah, I would say Kentucky fans are, are very fortunate. Um, I mean, there are a lot of great play-by-play broadcasters around the country, but to have someone who is as professional, is as detailed, hardworking as Tom is, I mean, I've cheered for teams, I've seen – through, uh, I don't care to call him out because I don't really like him, but like Tom Brenneman, I feel like watching the Reds play, he did not come across as me as someone who was very prepared as a broadcaster. And again, it was baseball. It's every day. It's a little different. But Tom, I mean, with football, uh, you, you hear him talk about it on this episode a little bit later, that the number of hours that go into preparing just for that three, three and a half hour broadcast you hear on Saturday. It's a lot of work. takes a lot of people. We didn't quite get into that. I wish I would have asked about it, but something I probably didn't realize whenever probably the common person just listening on the radio. Like if you watch those videos of the calls, uh, I I believe Curtis Burge posts them on the UK sports network show. There are what five, six people in the press box, all, uh, you know, whether it be a spotter audio people, I mean, it takes, you know, a lot of people, to produce what what fans here on Saturday, um, but yeah, I mean, I I think back Sean, and we'll get into this uh, here in a minute, but I think the role he plays, and you kind of you think about the things you like and things that kind of make you who you are. Um, I think probably part of how I ended up doing what I did was probably through listen to Tom's calls. I mean, there was a time I wanted to be a sportscaster. I mean, you can ask my brother, like he would be playing a video game and I would just like sit there and broadcast the video game. I would broadcast games I watched. I mean, that for part of my life, that's what I wanted to be. And I think that was probably because of Tom. <laughs> I probably thought that would have been the coolest job in the world. And, uh, but, you know, I grew up and went into print instead. And I think I'm much better at this than what I would have been otherwise. Um, plus Tom does such a good job that you don't want to see anybody. I mean, you hope that you have him for, 15 more years at least so I think you can tell from us both talking we were both thrilled to have Tom come on the show today well and and we talk about you know Tom's career and then you ask older fans in the state Kaywood Letford would be their guy just like Tom Leach is our guy and that's the relationship that the voice of the team has across it I mean you they're it's like family I mean you listen to those people they they come through the airways of your home or your car I mean, it's, it's just a special bond that, that I think that it's even more special to me than the player bond with fans and the coach bond with fans because it lasts over multiple coaches, multiple players, multiple teams. That, that, I just think that the, the voice of a team and Tom Leach, it, it just makes the whole fan experience what it is. 
And uh, yeah, we're we're not going to waste your time anymore talking about this. Uh, you probably might have already skipped ahead of us to, to get to this interview. And if you did, we we forgive you. But if you stuck around, you know there's one location to go watch these games this weekend, and that's the Butcher's Pub. You got three locations: Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. Here's Tom Leach, the voice of the Kentucky Wildcats. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Tom, how are you? Doing well. Big weekend. It is a big weekend, Tom. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. This is an interview I've been looking forward to, but I wanted to start off uh, asking you about your week of prep whenever you know you have any game, but in particular a big game like this. I guess uh, how much production and preparation uh, actually goes into the broadcast that we all hear on Saturday? Got that question several times over the years, so uh, a couple of different times I just tried to jot down notes during the week of different things and it ended up being about 22 to 23 hours uh, one one time or the other uh, and that's everything from going to practices to uh, coach shows and then just uh, doing lineup boards um, for the spotting board for the booth and then uh, notes and reading a lot about the other team and maybe talking to you know the uh, play-by-play guy for the other school or, or a writer or something like that. So it ends up, it's not as, as much as for a, bas- a basketball game is less, but you have more games. In the week. So football is generally it's, uh, somewhere north of 20 hours. And, and talk to me a little bit about what your relationship's like with Jeff Picuro and, and Mike Pratt and just kind of how, how that works, having those partners alongside with you. It's been just very comfortable from the start. Uh, I, you know, my first partner in football was Jeff Van Note. Uh, he had worked with Ralph, and then when Ralph retired, Jeff stayed on for a few more years. And uh, Note was just a great guy to, to work with, and universally acclaimed as uh, you know being an excellent analyst. And so uh, Jeff Pecoro had a, a tough act to follow uh, in following uh, Jeff Van Note, and. I don't remember anybody, I don't remember a single complaint, uh, even in the, at the start, about anything uh, Jeff did. So that's a tribute to uh, how well he's done his job and how much of a pro he is. And, uh, he just kind of stepped into the uh, slot there uh, that Note had held, and he's done a fantastic job. So we all get along well. We enjoy traveling together, going out you know, to dinners night before the games and things. And uh, it's just a very comfortable relationship. Dick Gabriel, our sideline guy, excuse me, I'm fighting a little bit of a cold, and our producers and everything, we, uh, we all have a good time together. Tom, who are some of your 
you know, I know you've been broadcasting for a long time now, but whenever you were breaking into the business, uh, whenever you were a kid, things like that, who, who were some of your influences, maybe people that you looked up to in broadcasting? Well, certainly Kaywood's at the top of the list. Uh, I was listening to, to Kaywood and Ralph during the Kentucky games. Um, I'm a kid from this area. I grew up in Paris, just north of Lexington. So I grew up, and, you know, not many, not nearly as many games are on television then as are now. So you listen to most games on the radio, football uh, especially. And um, so uh, Kaywood would be right at the top of the list. And Ralph uh, worked for, for Ralph for about 16 years at his station in Lexington. Uh, and he had a, a tremendous influence on me in terms of you know, some of the technical things, you know, setting up a lineup for some of those things I still do to this day. Uh, uh, a lot of them come from either Kaywood or Ralph, some, something they showed me or a tip that they gave me. I've got some notes uh, from them and uh, from also from Jim Host who hired me uh, that I reflect on before each game of just different uh, things to remember or uh, things you don't just don't don't want to let slip over the course of, of time if you don't uh, refer to the notes. And then uh, you know, growing up in this area, I listened to the Reds a lot. So it was Al Michaels in the early 70s and then Marty Brenneman about 73, I think Marty started. So, you know, you, if you're a young broadcaster and you grew up listening to Kaywood Ledford, Ralph Hacker, Al Michaels, Marty Brenneman, you've got some pretty good, uh, you know, uh, sources to uh, tap in terms of a level of excellence and professionalism. So I was very lucky to have grown up when I did to have those guys to listen to. And then being a sports fan, listening to a lot of radio, so, you know, I, I would listen they had a at Saturday night game, uh, the SEC Network just recently did a, a show on uh, some of the legendary voices, and it was, you know, mostly football oriented. Uh, so they focused on, on John Ward, but you'd hear John Ward or John Ferguson of LSU or Larry Munson of Georgia, these Saturday night broadcasts that the, one of the Lexington stations would pick up. So heard some of those guys too over the years. And, and Tom, you've had a lot of great calls over the years, but just give us one on the football side and the basketball side that, that's just your favorite. On the basketball side, it's easy to do the national championship game. Uh, to get into to that club when you're the, the voice of Kentucky basketball, you uh, think you're going to have a shot to call a national championship for the team you're following. And so to uh, be in that situation a couple of times and to have them win it in 2012, and so those kind of calls live on. So that's the one in basketball. And in football, uh, there's two. It's the, the end of the third overtime when they beat number one LSU. Braxton Kelly's tackle on Scott to seal it for Kentucky. And then the Citrus Bowl win, New Year's Day 2019. And it wasn't. You know, it was a signature win for Kentucky in their bowl game. It's a 10th win, which they hadn't done since 77. But I think the moment in that game was when Denny Snell broke the all-time rushing record of Sonny Collins, and he did it on a touchdown run. So that was kind of a, 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 a memorable one for me because, of uh, you know, it wasn't a game-winning play, but it was a memorable moment within a, a big game for Kentucky. Tom, obviously, uh, you know, me being in print media, even since I've uh, been working as short of a time as I have, I've seen, you know, kind of numerous changes to the industry. For you in broadcasting, how have things changed uh, 
just over the years or have they significantly? Well, the uh, technical part of it certainly has where it's, uh, you know, that uh, I'm just like, this is not so much doing the games, but doing like a, a radio sound and traveling with a team or something. I can have the equipment to just do it to the show from my hotel room instead of having to go find a radio station. And then just the, you know, the equipment you can do. Uh, the equipment's gotten smaller, I think, uh, over time, where it's been uh, easier to uh, uh, set up the uh, uh, equipment for, you know, sounds, sounds better, all of those things. Uh, so that's that's been good. Um, you know, the quality of the sound improves. Um, and then, you know, just I'm trying to think otherwise, you know, just some, some of the technical things. A lot of the other stuff really – you know, it hasn't changed a lot. I'd go back and get some notes that Kay would made for me on a critique on a couple of different times. One's from like 1989 and the other one from maybe 97. And a lot of those things he pointed out are still still very applicable today. You serve um, a pretty unique role um, being the voice of a team. You know, I can remember being a kid growing up. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still young enough or maybe old enough now. I don't know how you want to phrase it. Uh, but I can think of a memory <laughs> of the Georgia game in 2006, which it was still on tape delay. So I can remember being at my grandmother's house. Uh, I guess I would have been 12 and having her little radio set up and tossing my football up as uh, UK beat Georgia that day. I don't know that kids still have that experience now with every game being on TV. <laughs> but you serve a very you know unique role being the voice of a team. People feel very connected. Um through your calls. I guess, what is that like? How, how fulfilling is that to kind of serve in the role that, that you do? Yeah. If you watch the, uh, the movie, we are Marshall about that uh, Marshall team that came back from the horrific plane crash. One of the scenes early on is of shots around the town where everybody in town's listening to the radio of the Marshall game. Uh, that day that uh, was the game before the ill-fated crash. But you just, uh, you uh, there was a time I was in New York. It was actually during the uh, World Series in like 88 or playoffs, I guess. And the Mets were playing and you would go in and out of stores in uh, Manhattan and you'd hear the game uh, on the radio. And those kind of moments resonate for me in terms of just, you know, imagining people are out there in any given game, even though this, every game's on TV now. There's always somebody that's traveling or somebody that's at their kid's high school football game or soccer game or something. So there's always, you know, the, the audience maybe isn't quite as big as it was back, you know, 40 years ago or 50 years ago. But there's still always going to be people there that, uh, that do need the radio. So it's and it's a it's a different kind of connection when you work for one team, whether it's, you know, college sports, professional sports, you know, the guys that do the Reds. I mean, you you're there in our case every every week. You know, baseball almost every night, but you had you know you're, you're the familiar uh, voices uh, for the fans, and so you do have a uh, uh, it's a, a fun connection, and to you know know that they're out there. You know, it's the one thing I've told coaches here. Uh, I remember Coach Mummy one time near the end when things weren't going well, and uh, during one of the breaks in his call-in show, I said, you know how there is one thing worse than negative calls and that's no calls. And you never have to worry about that at Kentucky because they're always interested. Let's wrap up here with Kentucky, Florida, big game coming up at Kroger field this weekend. Uh, how excited are you for this one? 
Yeah, this is one you you know as a as a broadcaster you uh, you know you don't prepare anything you're going to say or anything like that, but you you know. Uh, the prep is, is just the same for one game or the next, but you, you know, that, you know, this is the kind of game where, um, you know, this could be a memorable moment, uh, because I gained one over the Gators in Lexington in 35 years. So, um, those are the kinds that, uh, you know, if, if they win and it's a, especially if it's a dramatic finish, those are the kind of calls that live on. So first thing you want to do is make sure you get everything right, uh, time and score and just all the basics. So you, you know, make sure you're extra, Try to be extra sharp, um, but it's you know those those are the 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 those memorable moments are what um, you know connect help fans connect with their team, and this is a chance for one of those for Kentucky. Um, you know they've got their program to the point where they're handling South Carolina and Missouri, uh, Vandy regularly, and they're winning their share against Tennessee, and I think they're probably going to start to win more than their share in that series. So the next uh, spot on the hill, the next rung on the ladder, whatever is uh, to beat Florida and Georgia, uh, but at least once in a while. And so I think this is a, an opportunity uh, for Kentucky to get them at home. Uh, Kentucky's got a, an experienced team. Uh, Florida's good, but maybe not quite as good as last year. And so this is a chance to get a top 10 team and to have one of those signature moments. And, you know, these guys aspire to win an Eastern division title and Kentucky's never done that. And if you beat the Gators, you keep that hope alive. A lot of great calls over the years from you, Tom. Hopefully you get to add another legendary call to a legendary career this weekend. Thank you so much for joining us here on Kentucky daily. Enjoyed it guys. And uh, hopefully it's a uh, memorable weekend.